0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 128 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. One on one with Anna Twinney. Animal communication, is it real? Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our title sponsor is Omega Alpha. You can find them at omegaalpha.ca. This episode is also sponsored by Equestrian Collections at equestriancollections.com plus Uncle Jimmy's. Visit them at uncle jimmyscom This is Glenn the Geek, and you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show, brought to you by Omega Alpha on the Horse Radio Network.
1: Hi, and this is Anna Twenty, and this is Anna Twinney, uh, Reaching Out with Anna Twenty, How about that? And hello, Glenn.
0: Hello, Anna. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this day for so long. Let me explain for my audience, and we should say that this podcast is going out. You do a podcast as well called Reaching Out with Anna Twenty. And you, this uh, podcast is going to be going out to both the Stable Scoop audience and yours.
1: Yeah, so- I'm really thrilled about that. It'd be, it's so good because it's rare that it's actually about me. And so we have all these guests on. So um, I'm actually very excited that you'll be interviewing me and they can hear some of the stuff about the animal communication. And, he, and it really is going to draw the people that have maybe been not quite sure, Glenn. And I really kind of excited about that because it's very rare I get the clients coming to me that are that skeptical because by the time they reach me they're okay but um, funnily enough last month there was just one lady she said how do I know that um, you're not fake and I thought really you know you're coming to me and you're coming on the recommendation from a vet and go to the website it's plastered with all these testimonials but it's true you know how do we know How do we know? Because there are people out there that believe they're doing it. There's people out there that are doing it. There's actually charlatans out there as well. And so what is animal communication? And here here you are. You're going to be asking me the questions. I'm going to be
0: asking you all those questions too, because I did do some research. I want to explain that Helena's not here. This is one of our one on one series that we do here on the Stable Scoop Show, where where we just go one on one with someone. And, you know, Helena did the first one of these, and it was one on one in episode number 120. And it was a fascinating interview with author, clinician, and coach Daniel Stewart. And I don't know if you've run into Daniel, but he is a fascinating guy when it comes to the psychology of riding. And that 's the one she wanted to do first. I knew immediately when Helene and I talked about doing this who and uh, who I wanted to have on first and what topic I wanted to talk about and that was Anna. I knew that you were the one from the very i didn 't even have to think about it um, and, and that's because I'm a skeptic. And, uh, you know, we talked about this. I want to clarify this, too, for all of Anna's fans out there. Don't send me email. You can send me email, but don't send me email about me beating up on Anna. We, we've been friends for a while. Anna's been on many of my shows. Anna knows that I respect and admire her greatly.
1: Would you agree with that? I totally agree with it. And, and, you know, Glenn, it's all too often we are very positive on the shows and it's this positive strand that we want. But at the same time, it's kind of neat sometimes to get to the nitty-gritty um, and really say, you know, how do you know this is real or, or what have you experienced out there and what can clients come to expect? I think it's nice to do the fluffy stuff i think it's very heartwarming to get the stories but at the same time why not let's move into this realm because we can touch other people and draw them in too so i'm very confident on my subject i see that
0: i Um, see you are okay good well i'm ready too because i did a lot of reading and i i i went to i went to probably one of the most negative places you're going to find in the internet the forums um Forums used to be this wonderful thing where people would get together and they would share stories and they would have a place to talk. Now it's just become the most negative place in the world is forums. It's just one of those things that's happened to the Internet. I don't know. Well, let me take a minute to introduce you properly. Um, Anna is the founder of Reach Out to Horses, and she's uh, located in the beautiful uh, foothills of the Rocky Mountains in Colorado. Uh, internationally respected for natural horsemanship which is and a trainer, which is why we've had you on the shows mostly. And you were just on a Stable Scoop show recently with my wife, was co-hosting that with Helena, and they had the best time talking to you. They're so waiting to get you back and talk again because they just had so much fun. And I I listened to that conversation, and that one went a little deeper than we normally do too. But it was three trainers talking to each other, and it was really... It was really a good uh, a good time. But Anna's is also known for animal communication, and uh, and I can't even never say it. is it Reiki or Reiki or
1: Reiki. Reiki, it's the Japanese See, art of healing. Reiki.
0: Okay, so and a Reiki master, and you, of course you travel the world. I caught you at very one of the very few times you're actually home with your lovely husband, mm-hmm. um, who I met last year. He came in for a conference here in Lexington, and we got to spend a weekend together. So I got to spend time with Anna's husband as well. So I know the whole family. Everybody, <laughs> this is good. We're all okay. Yeah, it all
1: good. <laughs> so good. You guys socialize. I said to Vin, you know, you go on a business trip, and there you are, cocktail evening in the band with Tim. And all this neat stuff, and then I go and travel, and I work twelve
0: hours. <laughs> that's right. Well, we invited you to come, but you didn't want to come. You're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to meet you here one of these days.
1: Yes, one day you will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's a- Anna's backstory, and mine is. Uh, you know, for your audience, I started the Horse Radio Network a couple of years ago. Uh, I had this vision that that there was nobody doing uh, what we do to the extent that we do it. Our mission statement at the Horse Radio Network is uniting the horse world one show at a time. I believe there's too much division in the horse world. There's too much division between the disciplines. There's too much division between English and Western. And what we're trying to do with our shows is bring that world together. And I think it's happening. We get a lot of people that listen to multiples of our shows. We have eight different ones we do on the Horse Radio Network now. Uh, the one you're listening to right now is the Stable Scoop Show, and it's a very general show about any different horse topic in the world. Uh, Helena and I are a bit, of, are a bit goofy. It's, we, the Stable Scoop Show normally is not this serious. Um, it's normally just light, lively, and a lot of fun. So that's what, that's where I came from. I'm a horse husband. I married into this. I am not a, a lifelong horse person. I'm known uh, affectionately or not so affectionately as America's horse husband, because I am representing the needs and wants of the horse husbands in the world. Um, and uh, you know, I am the one that says, Hey, wait a minute here. (laughs) We shouldn't have to do that. Um, and so that's where I come from. I'm coming from a little bit different. I drive. I don't ride. I drive horses. Been driving for 25 years. Love driving. Don't like riding so much. Um, so that's that's where I, I, I love ponies, and I love draft horses. I, I've owned and have owned both. And uh, I love little ponies, and I love 19-hand draft horses. So... Uh, that's an eclectic mix, I know Anna, but I'm not sure why Maybe you can explain to me before we're done today why I do that. Um, but but that's that's where I'm coming from, and i am I was looking forward to this a lot. We've talked about doing this about a, uh, about a month ago, and thank you so much for agreeing to to have the spotlights on you today.
1: you're welcome it is It's my pleasure to enlighten people um on this subject. It's such a a deep subject actually. And one that changes lives forever, forever. You You really, when you go into animal communication, there's no going backwards. There's only going forward, which means that you don't become who you once were. You, you've already moved forward into a different world because you see the animals a different way. When you realize how much they actually see in your life, how much they take in about the, your family dynamics, your personal life, and that there's really no secrets um, that changes everything, and that's what I want to share with you guys today.
0: Okay, well let's let's back up. Let's let let's do back up, and let's back up to go to your horse side. Uh, obviously, uh, even our audience can tell you're from from England.
1: England, yeah.
0: Um, how did you start with horses? How did that begin?
1: You know, I actually grew up in Germany, and uh, my father was an Allied Brewers representative, and so. He moved us to Germany, and I went to German school out there. And what was rather wonderful, we lived in the country, and my first horse was named Ringo. He's a Black Forest pony cross, and just a wonderful way to to be brought up because you have the countryside, and I cycled to school, but at the same time I would cycle to go and see Ringo and take care of him. And I think it's everybody's dream to have that. Now, I was 12, and I thought I was old getting my first pony. It was funny. So many people had them at four or six or eight. and, And I started riding at 10, but I was 12 when he came into my life. So I'd had a couple of years' experience, although not a lot. But the fun thing there, Glenn, you could ride bareback on him. I would go swimming in the river. He would pull sleighs. I'm not sure how we got through that without ever having a wreck because it was just something that we created him and I and he'd pull five sledges when it was snowing and gorgeous (laughs) stuff like that. And he really was a good friend of mine and allowed me to have that joy and that fun that really wonders when you're growing up. That was my first introduction. I was also vaulting on horseback. That means gymnastic on horseback. And I feel that set me up for success on my feet. Um, As I left Germany, unfortunately, Ringo got left behind. He had a good home there. And I went back to England. And I went to the sixth form college there before I went to London, actually. I went into finances. I was um, a PA and then assistant compliance officer for a French bank in London.
0: Okay, stop there.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't see
0: you working in a bank.
1: <laughs> no, no, it was an investment house, and I was the compliance officer. So there is a bit of a link there because, at the sweet tender age of seventeen, I was in London. By the age of eighteen, being an assistant compliance officer meant that you were looking at insider tra- trading. You were looking at um, accepting the deal. So, just so saying if a deal was okay worth was worth hundreds of thousands you know there would be a formula that i go through and the computer would say yes this trader is allowed to do this or not so i did that and i did it till i was um 20 so 17 to 20 i worked in london and one of those things that you it's the hustle and bustle of the tube which is the underground here for the americans um, and really, travelling to work an hour and a half each each way. So I, I was part of that rat race, and it didn't take long to figure out that that's not how I wanted to live my life.
0: No, I don't see. I see you getting bored with that in about two weeks.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did. I, I moved on and um, became the pl- first married couple in the police force in the UK. So that would have been in 1991. We joined the Leicestershire Constabulary as the first married couple, which was kind of neat.
0: You and Vincent? And,
1: no, you know, first marriage. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, so so it was really neat. We went to the police force there, and I was policing part-time for a couple of years, but full-time for six. So all in all, eight years. So you were a Bobby. I certainly was that
0: Wow. I don't think I even knew that about you.
1: Yeah, it's really cool, and I loved it. And I actually left the investment banking because I didn't feel that people were true to themselves. My first husband had gone to the Gulf War, and you didn't know if he'd come back alive. And um, I had gotten zero support from the investment banking, but I was policing part-time. And I got so much support from the policemen. And I thought, you know, this is real life. They're, they're fighting crime on the streets, and at the same time, they're taking me under their wing and, and taking care of me in a time of need where I didn't know if I'd basically be a widow at 18, 19, that young age. Um, and I thought, okay, let's leave. And that's, that's what I did. I left and joined the police force. And. <laughs> And one of the reasons I joined it was not just that, it was the excitement, it was that unpredictable piece that you can go to work not knowing what you're going to be doing that day. And in Britain, you're actually policing, I, I felt, for the good of the people, and trying to solve issues. Now, not, not everybody is like that, but certainly the shift that I was on, it was all about helping the people, trying to solve matters, not just getting the collar either. It's called nicking them, so arresting them. It wasn't about the numbers. It was about solving things. And so you, I policed in the rural areas, and backup was 20 minutes away, usually, and then I ended up policing in the city where there was more backup, but more violence. Um, and I don't know if people know this, but in the UK, there's no weapons. So we started with what was known as truncheons, which is a little stick. And by the time I left, we ended up with a baton. So what it tells you is you have to learn to communicate. It's all about communication. When you're five foot six or five foot seven blonde twenty one and you're going in the middle of a domestic violence incident, or you're going in the middle of a pub fight, whatever it might be, all you have is your communication because you certainly don't have the weight behind you or the muscle. so you really do learn to communicate to people on the streets, people living on the streets through to millionaires, people that are victims, criminals, you've got to be able to speak to them. And at the time, Glenn, this all kind of ties into where I am today, I looked at, well, how does this serve me as a horse whisperer? But it did, because I was able to set up a school. I was able to set up the Monty Roberts International Learning Center because I'd done force review for the police force. Um, I'd done major investigations, trained, interview techniques, trained, Um, I was rape-trained, child victim-trained, you name it, there were many strings to the bow. And so this allowed me to set up a school, read people, run a school, on top of learning to be a horse whisperer, in effect. And it it was funny. You wonder, or I wondered, why me, you know, why did I become the head instructor? And maybe they saw the talent there, Crawford Hall, my mentor, always sees that Anna always saw the talent. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's my personality, the character. Maybe it, it was the fact that I had more um, more knowledge that I could bring to the table than horsemanship to actually run a business successfully. I'm not entirely sure it could be all of it. I together. think it's
0: a little bit of all of them, Anna. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's a very good point. You know, you learned to deal with, you know, the worst of humanity pretty much. Right, right. And, you know, if you can deal with that, Horses, most of them look easy um, right. <laughs> you know they' the horses horses aren 't shooting at you that 's one thing mm-hmm. um, you know so i can see I can so see why that helped you along the way and, yeah. and it says a lot. did you ever get to work with the mounted patrol at all
1: No, in Leicestershire it was it was made up like a business, and so what ended up happening, each county had a business, and so they would sell off. What didn 't serve them that much, and then bring in on a daily basis and so for the soccer teams they'd bring in the Nottinghamshire mounted Police Force to do that um, for any murders for example in rivers and stuff like that bodies of water they'd bring in the the metropolitan under water search unit so you 'd actually pay for them to come in for the day mm. so our ac- Our county, Leicestershire County, did not have a mounted police section. So no, I couldn't work for them. They also called it Dead Man's Shoes, which meant that once you were in there, you had that gig for life. So any new policeman coming in, you'd have to wait to be able to get into that mounted police force. So the chances of doing that were so minor. Um, I wish I had never had the opportunity.
0: So people that basically got into the mounted units over there stayed forever. They never wanted to leave. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like and I, I and who knows maybe they changed it over the years that they said okay you get a secondment to it or your your ten years five years but at that time it was dead man shoes so you would you'd get the gig and you'd stay there. Huh.
0: This is fascinating. Well, you know, yeah. we're going to take a quick break here uh, for our first commercial here on on the Stable Scoop Radio Show, and we're going to be right back with Anna. And we're going to start. Fun- I'm gonna, I want to find out from you next when Anna McInn. When, when the realization of animal c- communication came into being. So let's uh, take a break. We'll be right back. Omega Alpha Pharmaceuticals creates only natural health products. Their scientists, guided by Dr. Gordon Chang, formulate a wide variety of mainly herbal health products to address many equine health problems. And one of their users is international Canadian sensation event writer, Jessica Phoenix. And we have Jessica on here for a second to tell us what she thinks about Omega Alpha. Well, hi, Jess. I hear that you use Omega Alpha.
1: I do. I love their products. I've started using them this year, um, and the one product that I really love is Antiflam. It just takes the sting out of the horse's feet and keeps them moving comfortably. Um, and I know that from using it in our barn, a lot of horses have benefited from it.
0: You can look for their products at retailers nationwide or visit their website at omegaalpha.ca. That's omegaalpha.ca. Well, Anna... I, I let's get into a little bit now we're going to fast forward uh, you when at what point did you come to the United States?
1: I came in June nineteen ninety eight um, and I'd taken a year's sabbatical from the police force they'd actually endorsed it. The intention Glenn was to actually learn horse whispering during that year and take it back to the police force to help with the bedside manner. And that meant to understand that victims weren't numbers. They weren't crime reports. They had those emotions and to actually actually help them through the process of not just taking the report but being there for them all the way through to court and beyond. And so I felt the horses could teach that compassion. That was the intention. By the time I got wrapped up into it and the police sent a letter saying, are you returning? (laughs) Are you coming back? (laughs) No, I signed it and went, oh, you know what? I don't even want the second year sabbatical. It's sunshiny here in California (laughs) and the horses are talking and and this is my new life. So I resigned. And um, as, as things come about 12, 13 years into it now, Vin and I have teamed up, and that's exactly what we're doing. We're bringing the horsemanship piece to the people through Vin's Soul Purposes Clinic. You know, it's a three-day clinic, and it's to find your life's purpose and to overcome the obstacle that's holding you back to find your passion. So in effect, now, now I'm qualified. You know, I wouldn't have been qualified within that year. But 13 years in, yeah, I can teach you that now. We can let the horses do that, stand back, read the horse. And I'm so confident that as I do this every day of my life, I can tell you what the horses are saying, you know? And so Vin and I are a great team on that. So it's happened, and it's happening. It just didn't happen how I'd envisioned it at the time.
0: And, of course, you had a pretty good teacher when you came over here too.
1: Yeah, great teachers. In fact, I say Crawford Hall's my mentor and Crawford um, is a quadriplegic and he worked for Monty Roberts for 28 years. Crawford became the Dean of the Monty Roberts International Learning Center while I was the head instructor. And I say Crawford because his passion is next to none. To to watch somebody that had a riding accident was given three years to survive. He's still with us here today, um, an amazing, amazing man. He sits in the wheelchair and can watch the horse like no other. I was exceedingly fortunate to in effect become his legs and that means he would read the horse on my behalf and during corporate demonstrations when I was starting the horses under saddle, you could hear crawl from the outside say and what you're about to see is this. Now those words might not mean much for people listening But when you're in the round pen and you're not quite sure what the hell you're doing next and you hear him say, you know, Anna's about to do this, you go, oh, yes, yes, that's what I'm doing. And, you know, he'd say, put Wayne back up. You know, that was the rider. Put him back up. And the horse had just reared him off. And I'd be standing there going, are you kidding me? You know, we've got to get the rider back up. But you'd hear him say, she's just about to do this. And you'd go, okay, he has faith. He has faith I can do this. So that means we're doing this, and he's reading the horse, so it must be okay. And can you imagine that learning for more than five years, through somebody with his wealth of knowledge um, and amazing. And then Monty would come back. You know, he travels the world. Even today, he's about 75, and he travels the world 300-plus days a year. So he wasn't just there. Although, yes, he's there and accessible, and he could come and see what we're doing, Kroll really was the one that was by my side on a day-to-day basis. He was my safety net as I learned this.
0: You know, Monty was just voted the hottest horse dad in our Hottest Horseman's Contest. Uh, Debbie called, his daughter called and and nominated him. So he actually won the, and we got him on the air actually to talk about it, and he was very funny. The first thing he said is, I don't think I've ever been voted the hottest anything. So, (laughs) (laughs) and you know Monty, so um, you'll know that uh, that just blew him away. But he did then talk about, you know, he's had like 47 stepchildren or or, uh, foster children, and, he, you know, he talked about a lot of them in the way on that show that I've never heard him talk about them individually. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just a fascinating guy and obviously a, a fascinating program of which you were part of. I want to talk, you know, I want to say that I believe, and then we'll get into the animal communication here a little bit. I believe that there are individuals who have a better communication and a better understanding of animals and humans, for that matter, than others. I, I I do believe that I believe that um, that you probably in a round pen with me would have a better understanding of a horse that's in that pen than I would, and would have a better communication with that horse. Where I lose it and where it goes away from me is is when 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 somebody calls you on the telephone, <laughs> and you're then doing a reading on the phone where you're not even ne- with the horse and and you're. Totally away from the horse, where it really becomes uh, more of a telepathic thing, mm-hmm. is where I'm going away from it a little bit. And there's a lot of factors I think involved in that I'd like to get to here in the show. And one of them's something that we never, ever, matter of fact, I forbid my co hosts on the Horse Radio Network to talk about religion and politics. But I think religion actually comes into play here a little bit. So I, I'm going to bring that in a little bit later too. To talk about how the two can coexist, or or maybe they're one and the same, um, but that's just a warning that I'm going to be bringing that up later. Okay. So, where at what point did the animal? Let's qualify. I think we have to we have to draw the line here between animal communication and oh, how do I want to say this? Animal training and animal communication. Uh, what we want to talk about today is that telepathic side, correct? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Okay. You know, Glenn, and it's interesting because if you're in a round pen, you can really demonstrate the telepathic piece. And it's really, really neat to see because the horse's language, in my opinion, is made up from all of this. It is body language. A huge piece is body language. Well, I was just going
0: to say, but then you have the body language to play off of.
1: Yeah, but you can kind of eliminate a lot of body language i.e. create a forward motion within a horse and then through your mind ask them to walk and that horse will walk without changing any movement within your body language and so it's a it's a direct reflection of not body language now when we watch the horses you'll see them read one another body language wise but you'll also see a horse know what's happening next so if there's If somebody's coming home from a show, they will innately know that. Where's that coming from? That ain't body language because that horse isn't on the property, but they will know before. So there's something else to this. In the same heightened one would be weaning. Horses, the mares, know before you wean that there's something changing in the atmosphere, be it body language, but also a degree of telepathy. Now, with the telepathy, The biggest thing is to be able to quieten your mind. And as a former police officer, that was one of the most challenging things to do. It still is. It's it's still not easy. As soon as you wake up in bed, your mind's starting. It's starting with the to do list, of course. And it's the last thing that switches off at, at night and so i think a lot of us have that we're on the roundabout especially nowadays it's so fast the world is so small we're in touch with one another through texting through radio through computers etc and so it's very challenging to get quiet the key with the horsemanship I think that helps. You know, that was my stepping stone when I went out there. It was learning to be in the now, the exact now. You can't be in the past with a horse because you're putting yourself in danger. If you're in the now, you're reading every moment of them. You don't want to be in the future about what you're cooking for dinner tonight or who you're saying because, again, you're not present. And so, working horses or being around horses—that be it that you're observing them, you're sitting with them, you're a groom. I love grooming. I love bathing horses. It's a passion of mine. I bathe tons of um, the racehorses. So this creates this moment of bringing you to the now, to pay attention, be present, watch their eye. That really sets you up for the piece of telepathy.
0: Okay. Okay. In the now. Well, let me uh, let yes. me jump in here. All right. So. I'm I'm with you to an extent here. Yeah. In that, I think it it f- familiarity breeds that too. I'll use an example. You know, I work with a number of co-hosts on my shows. With Helena, who I've worked with for two years, we we don't we're not even in the same building. We can't see each other when we're doing the shows, just like you and I now. Yep. but yet I'll know when she's going to talk next. You just work with somebody for so long, you become very familiar. It's the same way with my horses. You know, you spend so much time with them, you get to know them really well. Occasionally they'll surprise you, but for the most part, they know what you're expecting, you know what they're going to do. Um, I don't. I totally
1: agree with you on that. I don't know that
0: that goes to the point of telepathy, though. No,
1: that, that's the beginning of it all. But imagine my world when I have 50 plus clinics a year and I have one minute to assess the horse to make sure my student's safe. So I've just come back from Wyoming. I went out there to film with a crew and a um, little bit challenging, two feet of snow in Jackson Hole. We drive out to Bois and luckily there's less snow. I have no clue what I'm going to film. They want to see the language of the horse uh, they want to know that there That's is a... kind ambush. of broad, isn't it? <laughs> right, right. And I, I've got to go on the environment because I've got to go for safety. So I now have a fit of snow in the round pen, and I'm looking around, and the horse is uh, half a mile away that we can't walk them up because it's a little bit icy and snow, but the stallion's right next door, two stallions. So we go, okay, let's take a stallion in there. So one of them's a little pushy and rude, So first thing is to catch him and he starts to nuzzle and push on you and he he rears up and he spins and he's showing me that he's the man. So I get his feet under control through the natural horsemanship, bring him in the round pen. I don't have that luxury of a week, a month, a year. I have now to make sure I'm safe. My intention plays a huge part. If there's any fear involved, he is going to push on me. Or threaten me, because he knows I'm vulnerable. So I've got to be authentic, can't fake it. But then as I'm creating the forward motion, now I'm using telepathy. One is to say to him, you're not welcome this close. Keep two feet distance. I'll tell you, he did. He kept the two feet distance. And then when we went forward into the canter, I'm thinking trot, just in my mind's eye, thinking trot. But I'm pushing him, Glenn, because if I don't create that forward motion, maybe he'll come in at me, maybe he'll rear at me. So I'm driving him forward, creating pressure, but I'm thinking trot, he trots. So you take it to that next level, that's your telepathy. Now the horses work on telepathy, they're just waiting for you to do this, all species. They're waiting patiently, they're the most patient individuals we as humans aren't but they wait so that you might have them in your life for 20 years and they wait for that moment where you finally quieten your mind that you can hear them now they can't speak to you if you're busy it's like a telephone line they get a busy signal but if you can in the mind you will get a vision you get a vision you'll get a sense you'll get a feeling you'll get something that is unexpected that's from the animal Now, the reason only few people can hear that is because the others are too busy in their mind. They're constantly thinking, constantly planning or or imagining or being creative, whatever it might be. This is the live session. This is working with the horse using telepathy. It's an energetic exchange. Now with energy you feel if you like somebody or you don't like them. You feel if they're friendly, you feel if you need to be concerned about them. You feel if they're sad. You can even see if they're smiling and behind that smile is not real, they're hiding something. That's an energetic exchange. Now you might see the body language. Take that out and you get the picture, like you're saying. All you have is a headshot, so just the image of the animal's head. There's no movement there to be seen. There's no confirmation to be judged. It purely is the headshot. Hey,
0: okay, let me, let me take that. Let's take this in yeah. pieces. I, I, I'm, I'm with you up to this point, okay? Yeah. I think I'm with you up to this point. And we used to have an acting company, and we were trained improvisational performers. So one of the things that we were trained to do is to read people. Yeah. Our, we were audience participation... You know, we'd have four or five hundred people in the room, and we had to entertain them for three hours. So we were trained to read people. I played the king, and no matter what outfit I wore, and I'm telling this story for a reason to relate it back to what you just did, said. No matter what outfit I wore, when I walked into that room, even if I was unannounced, people knew I was the one, and I didn't have to say a word. They knew I was the one in that room that they would be. They would have to be looking to that I was the power in that room. Mm -hmm. And it was just with it. I didn't have to say anything. It was with my stature and my demeanor. And I'm kind of wondering with what you just said, is it your stature and your demeanor that's doing that? And you don't have maybe it is an energy. Okay, I might give you that one. Um, I think you can learn that. Uh, And I did because we did it very successfully in those shows. Some people learn it and some don't. And I give you that too. Um, so is it that, is that energy? I'll, I'll call it energy. When I walked in the room, I didn't have to say a word and people knew exactly that I was going to be the one in charge there. And there are people like that when they walk into a meeting, when they walk into a room, they don't have to say anything, but you just know that they're the ones in charge. Yeah. Is it the is and that all though that. what this they'll is about they'll... with with you? It, that you have that confidence. You have the skills of natural horsemanship um, more than more than ninety nine percent of the people out there. Is that what you're bringing to the table?
1: That's a piece. The body language is a piece. Reading the horse is a piece. Um, the energy is a piece. So that means if I want to take charge of a speaking engagement that i want people to listen to me i'm going to give out a certain energy to do that if i want to be invisible in another situation because i've been teaching all day i'll do that i'll withdraw my energy so you can manipulate influence speed and direction of a horse through body language through energy but also through telepathy
0: okay so, okay okay let's let's stop there for a minute yeah and i hate to keep interrupting you but i want to I, I I want to take this in stages because I think that's how i'm going to come to a place where I understand it, and I think that's how the audience the skeptics in the audience like me are mm-hmm. going to come to a place where they understand it um so you're in you're in the round pen just like people you know you're you're saying all animals have an open mind that I find hard to believe, so do you find situations where let's put you back in that pen with that stallion mm-hmm. that stallion was listening. But are there those horses, in this case, it could be dogs, could be whatever, that aren't listening and are just not open-minded? They're like the humans out there that they you're not going to get through to them no matter what you do.
1: Well, there's two ways to look at that. Every animal's doing telepathy, so they're all doing it. It's their language. They wouldn't need to be open or closed to it because ultimately it's their language. So they're waiting for you to do that. However... If somebody wants to charge you in that situation, they don't need to listen to it. So it would be like me talking, let, let's say to to a drug addict. I'm talking to a drug addict. He's now under the influence. He has the choice to listen to me or he has the choice to hurt me. He still hears me, what I'm saying in in the English language, but he has a choice. So this is the same for the animal. They will hear what you're saying in your mind's eye. they hear the energy portion of how you feel and the intention of you creating the space. They don't need to listen to that. So then it boils down to the body language of do you have the knowledge and the power to back up what you're saying? And so anybody working horses, yes, you can start with telepathy. You definitely need to know what you're doing because they don't have to respond you're asking them nicely if they wish to respond, and you're going to get the personalities and characters and the background coming through. Let's go on the premise that somebody's been abused, for example, and I'm walking in the pen to discover what that abuse might have been. I'm going to get my best read at Liberty because the horse is now not influenced energetically with a line or reprimand There's not a connotation, a preconceived idea for the animal because they're at liberty. So they're free to speak. Now, as you observe them and as they come forward, I'm looking to see what's your trigger. If I happen to trigger something from his past and he responds, he may or may not listen to the telepathy piece. I will always repeat, I'm here and I mean no harm. I'm not going to hurt you. And I'll tell you, that has helped me an awful lot. Because even if they charge and I'm saying, I mean no harm, but I'm going to stand strong and I'm going to look you in the eye, or I'm going to back out of the pen because I know you mean it too, I'm still going to say, I mean no harm. Um, And it can help you. It can bridge that gap between the two worlds. Because who are they? Why do they need to trust? If they've been let down for 10, 20 years, why should they trust this new human? They've got to learn that it's okay.
0: And sometimes that trust comes from you backing down.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: You allowing them the that of the moment of, yeah. of, I won this battle.
1: Yeah, and for me, there's no winning. You know, if you've got a team, there's no winner or loser. So it's that thing of, I can back out and let you see that you raised it. You know what? You threatened me, and as a result of your threat, I never hurt you. See, and that's no different than anybody else. That's no different than any human gland, that if somebody puts a threat I didn't fight back out of fear, but at the same time, when you raised your voice, I didn't slap you in the face for it. So you're showing them, you're reconditioning them to say, that will never happen here. You're never going to get hurt here. It's the same thing. He's saying, bring it on. Bring it on. What have you got? Are you true to yourself? Do you really have what it takes to be my leader? And that's my proof is a true leader is not going to lead out of fear. A true leader is not going to basically beat them into submission. A true leader is going to lead because they they have the inner knowledge, they have the inner knowing, they have the inner strength. And I always ask my people, and I ask myself, would you are you the leader that you would follow? And that's the question. And so that comes from that inner strength. And so with this animal communication, you're you're basically saying in your mind's eye, sending pictures. So every word has a vibration every vibration is attached to an image we've got the movie the secret out there we've got you can heal your life with louise hay you've got um i think it's uh, what the bleep do we know all these movies that have science backing it to say that words have energy energy has that visual horses seeing pictures animals seeing pictures so you might get the picture back, but you can speak English or your native tongue to them, and it will automatically go into imagery. And so what you're, in effect, saying to the animal is, this is the imagery I'm doing. This is me. I'm speaking to you. This is what I will do. This is what I won't do. I will never hurt you. Um, and that's the premise I work off of. And, it, and I'll tell you, it, does, it comes together because you're, you're teaching them trust in a way. You've got to earn the trust. It's not always just given, and rightfully so. If I look at me, do I just trust everybody? Maybe to a point, but am I going to follow them home or down a dark alley? Certainly not. That would be stupid. And so this is the same for these horses. They're flight animals. We are predators. They've got to learn that. Now, that comes a little bit away from the telepathy piece, but ultimately the telepathy helps you in your horsemanship come away from that, and if you're ready to move forward into the imagery, yes, we can communicate with them from a distance.
0: Okay, well, that's, let's go there next. Uh, we'll take a, another break here, and we'll be right back with Anna. And this, this is the piece that I really wanted to get into, but I felt that we had to set it up a little bit too.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. you. <laughs>
0: Hey everyone, it's that time of the year again for after holiday closeout sales, and Equestrian Collections has hundreds of items for you at tremendous savings up to 70% off. Closeouts from Ariat, JPC, Pessoa, Ovation, and so many more. Highly discounted specials include ladies' apparel, footwear, saddle pads, bags, belts, coats, and the list goes on and on. Remember, you can save up to 70% now, but this is a closeout and quantities are limited. So grab the keyboard and type in equestriancollections.com. You'll see the great big ad right on their homepage for all of their closeout specials. Now for the month of January, get them while before they're gone at equestriancollections.com. I'm back with uh, anna Twinney, and we're having this conversation a little deeper than we 're used to here on the stable scoop radio show but now I want to get into i i I can buy ninety five percent of what you've talked about up to this point where we're in the ring we're with the horse, and you know i I, I believe in that energy i believe i believe ninety five percent of where we 've gone so far this is where i you know, this is where, and maybe it's because—is my ADD kicking in here? This is where I start to to go uh, away from you a little bit. Is on the over the phone animal communication thing, and partly because, and I think you'll have to admit this. I think animal communication or any time type of telepathy has gotten a bad rap from the from the psychics on the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to agree that there, there are a lot of fakers in this, in this industry or in this world, and that's, in a way, that has uh, really tarnished it for, the, for maybe those who truly have a gift.
1: Yeah, I think that there's a lot of um, good intentions out there, Glenn, that people have been maybe on a class or they know that they're connected to all life, they know that they've had some visions or something's come true and they feel that's all there is to this that in two days you've managed to open your heart gain the compassion and you've had a couple of validations and you think that's it and the risk you run there is you don't know what you don't know it's, it's like the horseman if you train for a year you think you're a horseman you don't know how to start babies or foals or rehab resources you, you I could go on about the list that people won't know because they don't know it's out there. Same with the animal communication. It does take years to learn. There's much self-development to do because you're looking inside all the time. You've you've really got to embrace every skeleton in your closet. And that's a lifelong journey. It's not a matter of addressing it and then going, okay, I now addressed my childhood. Life is hunky-dory. I can talk to animals. We go through new phases. We go through new patterns. So it's an ongoing lesson to figure out who are you. And you have to embrace who you are, warts and all, to really understand the animals because it's all compassion-based. It's a compassion-based communication system. So you're feeling, yeah, you're feeling energy, and it might be feeling energy off of a picture. Um, Everybody can do this. Everybody has been born with this gift. We just forget we get into the social uh, social ways peer pressure Life takes over, and we get so busy that we forget what well, we let, want to And think. let's be
0: honest, Anna, most of us don't want to face the skeletons in our yeah. closet. Yeah, you're right.
1: <laughs> it, it, it is tough. You know, you don't want to be blamed, right? You want, to, you want to actually blame a lot of the time and say, well, it was her fault, rather than looking inside. And that, that is the key. You're, you're quite right. And it gets scary. And, and a couple of my friends even have said with the animal communication, I don't want to know what my animals are saying. Well, that's fear again, because they don't want to know in case the animal's upset or in case you didn't do something right or you can't be there for them.
0: Well, and that's a certain amount of guilt on their part, too, yeah, I would think. Exactly. Yeah,
1: and yeah. now you're carrying the guilt, you're not going to be able to connect because you've got this guilt and that blocks. So it's that ability to say, I, I know every day maybe I'm not what I strive to be. Maybe I can't get everything done and let that go. Okay, move on. Let's connect with the animal because we can help them on a physical basis. I help vets when the vets will call because they're not sure what's going on with the animal or what rehab program they need to do. So it's with a veterinary permission. It, it was a great, um, a great friend in Connecticut, and it's so funny when the animals talk about chiropractic or something like that I can see her face they endorse her they love her they love the hands they love the touch they love the outcome and so here the animals can tell you what works for them what doesn't work what medication are you wasting your money on What aren't you wasting your money on? What are we discovering that is the true course with the physical well-being? There's so much undiscovered that if people were willing to listen to these animals, you'd even help yourself. So many people uh, have mirrors with the animals. So the animals are taking on ailments. They're taking on physical disease. They're taking on mirrors of behavioral issues because they love well, legal and
0: so I like believe it. that I think that's. Yeah. I think that's i 'll give that as a given um,
1: you 're giving me more than you intended i believe. I, I think I am You're, but yeah. now i 'm
0: going to get to the questions that are on the forums the, <laughs> These are the questions that always come up, and i 'm sure you 've answered them a hundred times but yeah. but they there 's a reason they always come up okay, yeah. and that is you know the, what they 're saying and, and this is where they were talking about the over the phone stuff. What they're saying is so general that it could apply to any horse or any cat or any dog.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I love that one. Because who I am, I'm an ex-police officer, I love evidence. There's nothing generic about my consultations. Here's one for you. I just did one um, while I was in Wyoming, and they shot this on film. I'll tell you, it's the first time ever, and I just had to blank the camera out. And um, it was a last-minute resort, We we, we, It was Sunday, and we didn't know about the weather. And they decided, let's do animal communication for the TV. I had nothing set up, and I rang somebody in North Carolina and said, do you mind if I talk to your horse? Can you send me a picture through? She pointed me to Facebook. And um, I communicated there and then with her horse. There could be something generic, but there really wasn't. He described himself physically, his narrow shoulders, that his barrel was different to his hind end. He described a lameness issue. He described his pasture where he ate, that the two other horses would push him out. One was dominant, one was a lead horse. He then described a saddle. She said, Can you ask him about saddle fitting? This is what he showed. He showed me Michigan, another state. He showed me her father and said her father has a dark western saddle that's shiny that has a twist in it and causes back problems with the horses he puts it on. This horse is showing that through imagery I couldn't know that. That's not generic. That horse, Leroy's his name, had the saddle on twice. And he was basically saying to my client, you need to call your father and tell him that saddle's not good. It's going to cause injuries. She confirmed that it had done exactly that. There's nothing generic about that. So the information that I get is beyond generic. And the reason being because I want it like that. I want the nitty-gritty. I want to get down to exactly how this conversation is going with you. It, it doesn't behoove me to be generic. What's the point? They like this, hay. No, I want to know more than that. Is there something we can do for them? What does he enjoy? He, he said that despite the fact that he's young and green and the, the other horses had said that he wasn't in, as intelligent as they are, he was really good on the trails, really good, that although there would be another girl in the paddock, a months, in the paddock would, that would want to go on the trails, he was the best one for that, instantly confirmed. So everything that gets fed is so specific. There can be a degree of generic, of course, because if you're looking at a personality, somebody might say that's generic. There's 28 personalities in horses, nothing generic about that. That's perception. When I spoke to a horse in New Zealand the other day, um, she was saying, does he enjoy his discipline? He comes back with, he does some arena work. It's just on level one of um, the dressage. He likes to go on trails and he's way more forward on trails he has explored the jumping he's over 17 hands it doesn't come natural to him but if he's given a bit more information he'd be able to do it and he said what's missing is play i'd like to play with a big ball everything 100 percent accurate that does not apply to every horse how many horses say i want to play with a big ball they don't how many horses say i haven't been trained to jump not everybody And so there's nothing really generic about it. But what you can get is the full-on program that you need to help this horse forward. What does he want to do? He said exactly what he he wanted to do. Um, So people actually call with very specific things. Now, there's different categories. One is general well-being. One physical, behavioral, death and dying and lost each category will be different. If you're calling to find out does your horse like food, yeah, that's generic. But if you're calling to find out why is your horse bucking, that is not generic. As a horse trainer, anybody yeah, there could be a thousand know, reasons for that. Yeah, it could yeah. be a thousand. Yeah. And I will tell you, you you pay 100 for a hundred for forty-five minutes animal communication session. That's what I charge. You can get the answer there. You don't need to explore the saddle sitting or the pain, the rider error, the seat, the turnout, the disillusion, the destiny, whatever it might be, because they will tell you right away. Cut to the chase. If they say it's the saddle, let's get these, the master saddle fitter in. We can really get to the crux of it. Now, there's always two sides. There's personality involved. So maybe the horse is scared he's going to be sold. He's not going to tell you the reason why he's bucking if he's scared he's going to be sold unless he doesn't want to be with that person. Then he's going to say it right up front. So unlike dogs who have a home for life, horses don't. When they get lame, they're passed on to the next person. They could be fearful to share their lameness. That's not the inability of an animal communicator. That's the fear. But if you can, and I ask my clients, And I say to them, what's the outcome? If this horse remains lame, what's the outcome? Well, we'll retire him. Well, he'll always be with us. When I get that answer from my client and I tell my horse, you're okay, you do know that, right? I will get the answer from the horse. If that client says, I don't know, I'm not sure, they might be sold, I may or may not get the answer. So the, these are living beings with emotions. It's a conversation. Every conversation with 100 human beings would be different. Every conversation with any animal is different. It's not a given you're going to get your answers the way you perceive it. You've got to be open because if it's a mirror, then it's about you. Then it's about your life. And it's not about the animal. So if you've got a cat ping in the house, ping is often, if it's not a bladder-related issue, it's often being pissed off that person needs to be open that that cat's pissed off with them and that it could be relating to the lifestyle the home environment uh work related they have to make the change now not the animal the person has to make the change and are they willing to do that
0: okay so so i'll give you the next one how do you know you have the right horse
1: Oh, that's really kind of easy to answer. Um, but that one—that
0: one actually was one of the things that came up the most in the forums. Oh, was, that's so
1: cute in a, in a way. Cute. I say <laughs> cute because I get the address. So I tune into the address, and what you can do is remote view. So when, as soon as I get the address, so if somebody is calling in from New Zealand, Australia, Norway, France, Switzerland, I get the full address, and you focus in on the address, and then what I do... Um, You usually remote view, so the animal will introduce themselves, either physically, personality, or location-wise. When you hear the description of your property, you know there's no doubt. So you know you've landed at the right place. And so we spend a few minutes just making sure that, okay, that's the right location, good. Now let me describe the, the animal to you and they're going to give something unique about them that you know it's them that you're connecting with. Now, if the person has multiple animals, past or present, it's possible one of them will come through. But the description will be so different, they will know. And they might say, you know what, that was a horse I had 10 years ago. Or, oh, yes, that's my lead mare. She's pushed herself forward. Or my dog just per- passed over a month ago. That's him that's coming through. So the animal will be connected to the person in one way or another, be it past or present. They will have a connection to them. And they will recognize that connection with the description. But there's no doubt and that's how solid it is, that you know exactly that's your animal. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about—let's uh, take a final break here, and then let uh, we'll come back, and uh, I have something—I want to go to that religion angle that we talked about yeah. earlier.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Always interesting.
0: Regular listeners to the Stable Scoop show know that Helena and I just love Uncle Jimmy's and his fantastic line of products. His products have the highest quality ingredients, and that is why they have taken off like they have. Of course, it all started with Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls for use in the stalls, and then came Squeezy Buns. We know you need to reward your horse outside of the stall as well. That is why Uncle Jimmy developed Uncle Jimmy's Squeezy Buns. Squeezy Buns are all natural and loaded with nutritional ingredients for your horse. Unlike similar products on the market, they are individually wrapped to preserve freshness and eliminate mess. With competitive pricing and Uncle Jimmy's quality guarantee, the Squeezy Buns promise to be a hit among horses and horse lovers alike. Learn more about all of Uncle Jimmy's products or to find a dealer, visit uncle jimmyscom That's uncle jimmyscom So I'm back here and I have a, so this is where I want to go next. Um, is religion, you know, and, you know, everybody has a different level of belief in in God or or whatever you believe in. And religion requires a certain amount of faith. Religion is faith. That's all religion is, is it's the faith in in the teachings uh, about something for which you can't see and for which you really have no proof exists, which in a way is what you're asking your clients to do is you're asking them to have faith in you, that you can do something that they can't, or they're not willing to do. So uh, how do you think, where do you think religion, do you find that religious people are more accepting, or do you find it the other way?
1: Um, it, it's all... Hmm. It all depends on the individual. It wouldn't be so much the, the different religions or the different faiths. It would be the individual person.
0: Okay, so let me, let me change that then, and let me say, let me ask you this. Do you think that—have uh, you had the objection from people that, that, you know, I believe this because of their religion, that they can't possibly believe what you're saying because it doesn't fit within the religion?
1: Yes, I have. Okay. I really had that at quite a bit, and people that come on the classes, they will have different religious beliefs from Catholic, um, Methodist, etc., etc., and they seem to find their way that they have either spoken to the church and been endorsed, or they've figured out why it's acceptable. I had this one Catholic lady said, well, it's wrong to speak to those that have passed over, but it's okay to speak to dead animals. So she'd put in her own mind that this was okay, and she justified it. And and that's how some people get through it. But ultimately, um, religion can stand in the way because it will create a block, and it did it for me. So I'm speaking out of my own experience here, and... and and I was brought up a Methodist when I was younger. I'm not sure if I would say that I fit into that faith any longer. We we,
0: we call that Catholic heavy. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it, you know, I grew up Catholic, so
1: yeah, and, it and in Lutheran your way.
0: was Catholic light, and that's what I am now. So, <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's the fact that the Methodists don't endorse speaking to those that have passed over, right? And so that stood in my way for a long they time. They took the but angels
0: was, and the uh, out of that picture. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but yeah. then when you start doing it, you stumble across it and it's you're faced with it and you realize it's possible that you can, you move into that naturally. And I'll tell you, the first time I was talking to an animal on the other side and a person came through, it freaked me out. And I didn't handle it as well as I could have. I, I was saying, go away, I don't talk to dead people. So it wasn't callous, it was just the way I thought, oh my goodness, you know, this isn't something I'm ready for. Well, now it's natural. This was about three years ago. So now if, if a client says, who's my dog with, and I ask somebody to step forward, that could be another animal coming through or it can be a person that will identify themselves. So for me, animal communication is communicating directly with the animal. connecting with them that have passed over directly, too. Now, I'm an animal communicator. Just a couple of days ago, they said, are you a medium? I'm an animal communicator that can talk to those that have passed over, too. And occasionally, somebody will pop in.
0: Please tell me you aren't doing seances with big balls in the middle of the table.
1: (laughs) No, nothing strange. No, purely a picture. Always (laughs) just that picture, you know. The picture and the address. Glenn, you know, it's the address. And remote viewing's done all over the world. The police force are remote viewing, CIA, etc. This is a known fact that remote viewing... I think
0: actually police departments and the FBI especially are using them more and more than they ever have. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so if we believe in remote viewing, we should believe in animal communication because it's the same. We get to the address, we talk to the animal, we just sit at home doing it. So there's, there's really... Not much difference in it. Now, some communicators will find remote viewing challenging. Others will find it easier. You all find your niche. Um, and I love problem solving. I appreciate the death and dying piece because I'm okay with it. I can help the animals cross over. And they give their, their bucket list before. They have their wish list as to what they want to do, where they want to go, who they want to see, maybe something that they want to celebrate. What amazing gift we can give to these animals. After the 12, 14 years that a dog has served you, been so loyal, and here you can give them a voice, a one-hour voice to get the idea of what it is they want and how they want to pass over. Imagine that. We can okay. make everything right.
0: Believe it or not, we're at about an hour now, and <laughs> we haven't even touched my list of, of uh, things I wanted to talk to you about, so we're, we're definitely going to have to get back together and do this again sometime. Uh, what is, let, let, let's end with you, what is the biggest objection you get? When the people say, Anna, you're just nuts, you're cute and you're bubbly and you're fun and you're probably a great uh, horse trainer, but this whole animal communication thing, it, you're nuts. What is the one thing, objection that they have that comes up the most often? Well, Glenn, I'd
1: love to be able to answer that, but I don't get that. Um, and it beards the energy that I don't attract that as a whole if somebody's paying money to be at a clinic they could be skeptical but by the end yeah, of they're, the they're the, going to be a little the,
0: open minded. They just shelled yeah. out money. So, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And I might find something different when I go to the Rocky Mountain Horse Expo and people will come into these lectures. So, I might find it a bit different there because it would be an open lecture. But when it comes down to clinics, etc., they don't say that. And I'll tell you something else, Glenn, and I think it is me. I'm very grounded. I'm very grounded. I think that's come across in the last
0: hour really well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and, and, you know, I'm not somebody that just wears flowing gowns and rolls their eyes and looks into a ball. Um, I'm very grounded, and I'm an ex-police officer, so I can say that as all of you have experienced intuition. And, frankly, when you give a demo of animal communication, people are left speechless by the end. So they walk in with doubt. They walk out with an open mind. They might not understand it, but they walk out going, "I don't understand it." Like the film crew said, "This is amazing. I've never seen anything like this in my life." I don't understand it, but it opened his mind up. Fantastic. And That's I think, great.
0: I think too. I think you know whether whether I believe at this point or not. And maybe, maybe, maybe we should do something. And I'll I'll, I'll talk to you about that in a minute. But I wanted to share. One of the emails that I got was from Faye, and I'll I'll leave her last name out. She said, Anna worked with one of my horses. She is an awesome trainer as well as a communicator. My horse was crazy, in capital letters, and sent home in disgrace by four other trainers before he attended a course with her. We were told he was insane and unrideable by other people, but she completely changed all of that. Believe or don't. Believe. Let me see here. She says, believe or don't. Believe, but we are proof she really can change your relationship with the horse. So now what I want to add to that is, and this, this is where I'm coming around to your side a little bit, is whether that was through animal communication or just the fact that you are an absolutely unbelievable person with animals and horses and that you truly are a natural horseman to the nth degree... No matter how that came about, this woman has a horse that would have been put down. And this woman now has a relationship with a horse that she would have never had, thanks to you. So what I'm trying to say in a very bad way is that whether that was through communication or whether that was through, through horsemanship, the, the end result is, is one that we can't argue with. So I, I, and you know, again, we started out by saying this, I have the utmost respect for you as a horseman. I think you're one of the best in the world. And so I want to thank you, whether, no matter how you got there with this lady, okay, and her horse, the end result was the same. And so I'm willing to accept that. And I'm willing to take, take another step here. And I'm willing to, we have a horse who doesn't really have many problems. So it would be interesting to hear what he says. Um, and I'm not saying right now, but, uh, I'll, I'll fill out the form on your website and I'll do all of that. And we'll get together again on, on our show or both our shows. And, uh, you know, we'll do the, we'll do the, we'll do the communication off air. Uh, but then we'll get together and we'll talk about what I found. Uh, are you willing to do that?
1: Yeah totally and it's best it would be better off air because there's pauses
0: oh no i don't want to do it on air i think that's unfair to you and i i I think that's that's too much showmanship there um i think that's unfair and i don't want to do it on air either for case the horse says something bad about me um (laughs) you
1: know it is that thing of how personal do the animals get i've just got to tell a funny story this will be my last (laughs) one but it was a dog um and this kind comes back every six months and the dog, she, she's an ER doctor, and the dog came, and they wanted to talk about her, her issues in her body, in the dog's body. The dog started showing me her sex life of um, who would visit the house, how long he'd stay, and every time she did this, this was a live consultation, she ran around the room and then he would kiss my face, and she let me know about the sex life and the relationships, and ultimately her statement was, you're in your mid-30s, you need to start growing up, get a serious relationship, and stop doing this, and it was mind-blowing.
0: Okay, I think about that every time the cat's sitting at the end of the bed during those times.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You will think about it now i will now yeah that's for sure you will because you that no darn cat's idea. getting
0: locked out every time <laughs> now
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the that they are so yes it just puts a different light on things so it, yes i'm totally up for it, um, okay. it together. yeah and um, then you can pick and choose as to what you would want to share
0: all right and well and then I'll, I'll share whether you know you did in fact were, were general like the statements we've made earlier yep. or they got a little bit more involved things you would have never known yeah. Um, and because have you and I ever, just to clarify this, I have never told you about my horse, ever.
1: No, I I didn't even know you had one. So. Yeah. Okay.
0: And, you yeah. know, he's, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit just to set no, this up. No, 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 I
1: don't actually want to know okay. anything. Okay, good. So, All right, good. Yeah.
0: So let's do that, and uh, we'll get back together on a show and talk about the results of that. And as I said, you and I could go on forever uh, today. We could We could continue. I think we've just touched the surface of this.
1: Yeah.
0: But, you know, thank you so much for being so good about it. And and for all of your fans out there, I don't think I beat her up too much. uh, No, I think you went
1: too easy on me.
0: I probably (laughs) did. But, you know, I think the next session maybe we can get a little deeper. But, you know, I'm I'm a skeptic. I'm not. I'm a, that's why I was careful to say I'm a skeptic is because I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. Um, I'm, I'm willing to learn anything. And you know, I think that's one thing that makes, makes me a half decent Is I'm curious about everything in life. Um, I'm I'm curious about anybody. And I think every horse person has a story to tell and it can be a fascinating story if you can just get it out of them. And I, you know, that's, so I'm open. And I think yeah. thats you knew that or you wouldn't have done this today. Yeah, um, and Glenn,
1: there's so many places we can go. If you, if you want to make it a call-in session that people call in, I am very willing to do that. And the other thing I want to add, we offer for the sessions to be recorded and then send out the CD. So I am so comfortable with what I'm doing. This is going out on CD, so people have a keepsake.
0: You know I love you, and I think our conversation today shows two people can disagree about something and still be friends and have a a good relationship and a great conversation.
1: Oh, but I'll change that because you're not disagreeing with me.
0: I know. I... That's the problem It's towards the end here. I'm not so much disagreeing you're with you.
1: are coming around. They all do it's a matter of time.
0: Thank you, Anna. This has been a great amount of fun. Uh, we you. will definitely get together and, and follow up on this. Uh, you are a trooper. I Thank certainly you. appreciate that. I want to say hello to your entire audience as well. Um, I'm coming around a little bit here, so we'll see if I take the, we'll, we'll see if I can come the whole way around.
1: Yeah, I look forward to it. Take Th- care, Glenn.
0: Thank you, Anna. Well, that concludes my one-on-one with Anna. I hope that uh, you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. You know, whether you believe or don't believe in animal communication, we can all agree that Anna is one of the best representatives, certainly, out there, and she's so well-spoken and so intelligent and so much fun to speak with. Thank you so much, Anna, for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. Of course, you can catch all of our shows. We have eight different shows we do on the Horse Radio Network at Network.com. And the show. show. Show notes for today's show and all the shows we've done in the past. All 125 episodes are available at StableScoop.com. Helena B. will be back again next week as we explore some other part of the horse world. Ride safely, everyone. Wear your helmet.